Do I say anything? Oh my god, we're just being normal. Oh, jerking her, jerking her. Do you want to get your headphones? Well, Crystal takes her shirt off. Stick around. Should we say it the same time? Yeah. One, two, three. Jerking her out. A podcast with Tisha and Crystal. Well, it starts with Kyle. I've been really, really nice to him. I was telling someone yesterday, we were talking, and her husband is like needy, right? She's needing attention from him, but he's on empty. And I was like, just, you gotta just fake it a little bit and pretend like they're your number one. And Kyle was all mad, had a bad day, he was in bed moping, and I was literally like, got home at 10 o'clock, and it was, I was doing laundry at 11 o'clock, and I'm like, does he notice? Like, I haven't stopped. Right. But he's in bed crying, and he's been home since 5. Right. So I got in bed, and I started tickling his head, telling him, you're okay. Like, literally, like a toddler. <laughs> like, literally, doing his head, you're okay, you're doing a great job, da-da-da. And it's just crazy how much those little things notice. Yeah. So then when I'm nicer to him, then he's nicer to the kids. Last night, when we're, we were talking to our friend, we were talking to our friend in here, I thought it was really interesting what she said about our parents, and like, the things that they've said to us, and yeah. how those... Like last night was like another epiphany for me on how important it is, the things we say, because I was just talking to Kristen about this in the car, because like those things really stick with yeah. you. Like the one time my mom said, and she wasn't trying to be malicious, but she said that she wishes that girl was her daughter because the girl was like, had this stupid bow and the hair and the big, my mom loves that stuff. <laughs> and like a little like Easter bonnet dress on at the basketball game. And I'm all eating the Doritos, you know? Yeah. And my mom was like, sometimes I wish that was my daughter. And I, she didn't know at the time that that would stick with me for so long. Yeah. So like sometimes there was this like Instagram you know those reels? Mm -hmm. And it was this pastor talking about how to talk breath into your kids. And we've been talking about this a lot. Yeah. Like tell them who they are, not who you don't want them to be. Mm -hmm. And it was like to breathe life. Like sometimes with Broxton, we're like, I'm like, you're rude. You're lazy. Like I'm just mad. Yeah. And instead I need to, he said like calmly, which is very hard for me when I'm mad to be like, Hey, I understand that you might not realize that when you're short, when you greet someone that it could be perceived the word perceived as rude. Right. Like, so. Instead of being you, like, you're rude. Yes. Yeah. But that's so hard in the moment. Yeah. But I don't want him to identify as, you know, like teaching, I did that all the time. Like the bad, bad, bad kid, the kid that didn't listen, the kid right. that no, all the teachers wrote off. I would start asking him to help. Like, hey, can you hand out the papers? And like, he was never that kid. He was always the kid that never got a job. Right. And I'd be like, hey, thanks for being on today and leading the class. He didn't leave the class. He was making fart noises in the yeah. back. But like, he was like, really? And I was like, yeah, everybody really like listens to you. Like, I love that you were interactive today. Yeah. Really helped. Even though he was interactive with his fart noise, but people did follow. And then all of a sudden, he, he turned into the, that for the good. He turned into the kid. Yeah. It was like a miracle. It was crazy. And then like even my cheerleaders, I would find that would hit him one way. And when we coached together, I would counteract it. Mm -hmm. And I would, again, start identifying as like, dang, you've been killing it. They haven't been killing it as good. But I see their work ethic. They're trying to kill right. it. It's not that they're necessarily exceeding. Like yeah. But they are trying to kill it. But sometimes we forget the effort and we're just seeing the result. Yeah. Like, for example, Kennedy right now. She is killing trying for her grades. Granted, are they straight A's yet? No. But is the effort 100% a yeah. completely different effort? Yeah. It totally is. So maybe the result's not there yet, but the change in her behavior is there. 
So that's what I'm trying. I'm trying to like talking to, focus on that more instead of the outcome that we're looking at. Right. I just told the same thing to our friend last night. Her son was getting bullied at school and then he was like put in a headlock. Well, then the next day he punched the kid and now the mom's pressing charges. It's so on a sixth crazy. Grader. I was talking to her and she was telling me how he's been, there's been issues since like kindergarten or first grade. The teachers, like it's, he's always been the kid that has the issues. And I was like telling her like, you've got to get him, you've got to change the narrative. Cause in his head, he thinks he's that kid now. And like, you need to tell him like, Hey, you know what? Like, you're not that person. Like, I know you're a good kid. I This is just a blip on the radar. You're not a DJ. You're a CJ. Yeah, but like letting... And so we had a whole talk about it because I think that the narrative the teachers all have, it's yes, like... I this, have that. It's like they've all communicated and like they he's do. just known as this kid now. And now the parents, it's like it's this become this whole thing. And now he views himself that way. And it's so crazy. So let's just talk about how crazy that is, that they're pressing charges that could really affect... Juvie is on the table, but he was bullied by this big group of kids. And one day he finally, which is what Kyle tells our kids to do all the time. Right. And like to press charges to make that lasting effect is just a little crazy. I don't know. Yeah. I think it's a lot. Yeah. Well, when I was talking to her last night, there's been like things like for years. So I feel like something at some point was going to break happened that made him kind of start. And then it just kind of spiraled. Yeah, it's weird. And even now at the new school, he's getting... Bullied again. Yes. So she's going to pull him out and homeschool him next year. Um, I don't disagree with that. I almost think that's better. Because I I think it's kind of like become this thing now. And that's how he's identifying. Well, and that's another thing. With social media nowadays, it can travel to schools. Yeah. Whereas... When we were little, one school didn't know anybody at right, the other school. Right. And we really did school sports or no sports in elementary. Right. People didn't know each other everywhere. The pressing charges is so ridiculous. I, I understand so ridiculous. if you're, like, harassing someone. He already got, like, them. he moved schools. So the, the problem's over. Right. He moved schools. He got suspended. There was a consequence. I believe in a consequence. 100%. Because you still have to do something, especially as, like, teacher. 100%. You have to do something. But I don't believe in affecting his life forever over a punch. No, especially when the, the kid had him in a headlock the other, like, I know, but that's where it is important that you do have a paper trail because if she had been emailing the school constantly about the bullying in court, that would show sufficient evidence that this has been an ongoing thing. Right. But there's a lot of pressure on schools to handle all this. I don't know. That's like an obscene amount. That's what I mean. We're pressing charges over a punch. It's like, I understand if we're like, I don't know. I I just feel like, or if it was like an attack, an attack is vid or a planned attack. That's what I Jumped mean. in the bathroom, 100%. Right. Uh, 100%. Right. But, I mean, and kids have their breaking points, too, just like, and they don't know how to handle it. Yeah. It's, it's like, I feel like it could be a really big learning moment instead yeah. of like a, what is the pressing charges going to do? That's going to fall them forever. Well, and then financially, it's hitting them. Yeah. Right. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. It's so crazy. But, so we should talk good to our kids. Yeah. yeah. Well, this morning, yeah. so... I'm like laying in bed and Ben just got in the shower and all of a sudden I hear like shatter and I'm like, oh my gosh. And so I'm like, what was that? I like yell and it's like dead silent. And I'm like, what was that? And then Bear comes in crying and I'm like, he brought a, I'm not even kidding you, a glass Tupperware this big, like this big to school to put a candy bar in because he didn't want the candy bar to get smashed like in a Ziploc. (laughs) So he was trying to shove a big glass, you know, the glass Tupperwares with the pop-in lid. Yeah. (sighs) So 
I love him so much. He's such a sweet boy. He is a sweet boy. But he just does the dumbest things. I'm like, oh my. He overthought it. He overthought it for sure. And so, so what happened? Did you yell at him? Oh, I like rage because glass goes everywhere. Yeah. And it's like, I'm like, no one walked. The dog's walking in. I'm like, oh my gosh. And just waking up to having to clean yeah. up for, it took me 30 minutes. It's just like the worst and way to start your day. Yeah. Yeah. And so, but we had gone to church this week and it was so good. It was so convicting. It was about, um, how like living for things eternal and how like the things that don't matter and the things that do matter today. And if you start living for eternity, it really impacts the way that you live day to day. Cause if we're just living for today, we're so much more concerned about the wrong thing when we're living for eternal things were so much more focused on the bigger picture and it like what changes do you mean by eternal things eternal things like um like well it talked about just about when you die and um how there's you face a judgment but it's like a good judgment it's almost like you you are judged on how you used your life for you know bringing glory to God and advancing his kingdom. And it was like, did you share your faith? Um, you know, how did you handle things? And so I feel like it was convicting for Ben and I, because Ben gets Ben more so than me. We get really worked up about things, especially him. If it's anything that like involves a mess or the house, I'm more mad. Like if the kids lie or a bad behavior, he gets so worked up cause he's a clean freak. So it's so annoying cause he talks to bear sometimes like he's like crap. He just spills everything. And he's just one of those like kids that like he's fast ever since bear was little. He's run everywhere he goes. He wakes up and runs out. Yeah. Like, <laughs> It's like he runs like to the bathroom. The kids and he's, and he's getting the drinks for and so it's like yeah he's, he's, he's very so like, like rushed and so he makes all these messes and it's so frustrating because you're just like the last thing you want to do is clean up glass at seven in the morning you know and so he just drives me nuts but like he's the sweetest kid so we're really trying to work on his tone and my tone too so this morning I was like. Like it was, I like in my mind was playing church and I'm like, I know that you want to bring that candy bar and that was a good idea, but like the oh, wrong idea, good. but it was like really hard it was. for me. He really like thought through that. He really thought through it. And like, but and like, I don't like a smash candy bar and bear loves his candy bars. <laughs> like a smash candy bar. I don't like, I had one the other day uh, in my car and I was like, this is annoying. So I'm like, you can't bring glass to school, buddy. Like this could have happened at school and like someone could have got hurt. And he's like, Oh, I didn't think about that. And I'm just like, Let's try and think through things. If you want to bring something to school, I'll ask mom. But I was like trying to like remember. And in my head, I just wanted to just like knock him out, you know? Do you ever start working on your tone? And then for me, and then Kyle, like he doesn't know I had a whole new plan in my head that we're going to talk about. So then I'm like, okay, honey, I'm trying so hard. And then he pisses me off and I'm all, you know what? I've been trying to work on my tone and you're ruining it for everybody. Like I'll try like calmly, like five times. I'm like, it's okay. Kids, we're just going to try to be better. And then like, he'll just start doing it. And then all of a sudden I'm like, yes, you're, you're ruining our life. Like you can't even. And he's like, wait, I didn't know the plan. Yeah. He needs to know. Like, I didn't know we were doing that new thing. I thought we were doing the old thing and yelling all the time. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Church though. I, I'm, we're going church and I know you don't, yeah. you know, but this was really key about the judgment. It was really interesting. It yeah. was about like that 
I mean, this is deep, but that your soul leaves your body right away. Right. And then you see Jesus. It was really cool. And then the things that Jesus wants to go over, which I think are really interesting, how we treated people, we kind of know that. I, I feel like that's right. a given. But how we shared our faith, I've known that, but we're... Where I'm finding is like lately I've been, now that I'm older, I feel like I don't relate as much to like the bad choices because I've made a lot of bad choices in life. And in college, I was talking to a friend this week about this. Like when I, I didn't drink really till I was 21, I was a pretty good, pretty goody two shoes. Mm -hmm. I, wouldn't you say like in high school, I was pretty, yeah. there was a few moments, but I was pretty good. And then I blew up my knee. I was handicapped in college. They called me the sorority handicap. This is real. This is real life. Um, because I was in a sorority and I was in like, we're in, you left, right? You were gone. You yeah. were gone. Yeah. So I was, I blew up my knee really bad in cheer and then it snows in Flagstaff and my parents were so kind to not let me bring my car up because they didn't want me driving to Phoenix to see my boyfriend, which I got a ride. Like, duh. Everyone's getting rides. Yeah. yeah. And like back then you didn't have like, um, what's that life 360? So I would answer the phone and say that I was in flag, but I was in Phoenix and I'd be like, yeah, we're just in our dorm and I'm a light cruise, you know, <laughs> like with my yeah. boyfriend. But anyways, so my friends would have to drive me around and I would have to crutch in the snow. It was the, it was really a hard time. And so we were in a sorority. And so in Mountain View, it was Jessica Garcia. We, Jessica would use my handicap sticker and she'd park in the handicap, which in college, no one's using the handicap. We did. So anyways, I had all that. But then after I was crippled and my knee got better, I felt really left out. And a lot of my friends had gone home, like from life. And so I started drinking to like fit in. And forever, I didn't understand how people drank. We're going on a tangent, but that's what we do. Then after I drank and I had this like hole in my heart and I had this like void because I was like unhappy, drinking did in a weird way, do this thing. Like it was like where I went to cope and I did have a fun night when I went out. But then when I started to do make bad, those choices, like I would look in the mirror and have this guilt, like God knows me and I'm choosing this path, even though I know it's wrong, I'm still choosing it because I'm craving this more than I'm craving him. And that spiraled into more guilt. And I think the more guilt, the more bad decisions you have. But in freshman year, when you guys were there, they would lie to me and they'd be like, yeah, we went to bed last night. Cause I was like, you know, nobody's drinking and they'd go out, they would go out. And then they I don't remember that. Yes. You guys would go out. And then the next, like, we'd be talking, they're like, remember at Blizzard beach? I'm like, wait, when did you guys go to Blizzard beach? <laughs> they're all, Oh no. Like, remember you were there? And I was like, no, no, we there. did all go to Rocky point though. And she, she didn't go. And because my parents said no, she still is like scarred by this. Yeah. Like, it was like the best trip ever. And everybody <laughs> still talks about it. It's so yeah, annoying. 20 years later, but I didn't want to disobey my parents. And I was really like that because yeah. I didn't want them to like get a call that my body was there and they couldn't afford to get it back. You know, yeah. that's not how I want to go out. Yeah. So I did the right thing, but like usually the right thing pays off. That one, it didn't. No. I'm still pissed about it. Let's go to Rocky Point and just get... I'm <laughs> so still scared. I'm still know. scared of Rocky Point. It's like I a know. thing. But anyways, I became more relatable when I did make bad decisions. I understood it more. I understood why people did it. Even counseling. I had a bad attitude about counseling. I was like, it's stupid. But then once I did it, I was like, oh. Yeah. We all fall short. Like... So anyways, that was like, well, interesting. it's like saying misery loves company. That's why that saying is true. And like when you're not doing, making good choices, it's easy to connect with other people that are not making good choices. But now that we are my life, yes, yeah. I feel like I don't re I relate more to other Christian women with families. That sounds bad, but it's the truth. Like, or I feel like I'm more judgmental kind of maybe. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. 
Yes. Because I'm not in that place anymore. Yes. Where before I was like doing bad things. So I could, I was like, who am I to judge? Now yes. I'm not really doing anything bad. Yes. So I'm like, yeah, I'm so way more judgmental. That was convicting mm-hmm. for me. And me I too. feel like I'm forgetting to save the non-Christians. I feel like with doing shine and doing wildlife, I'm bringing other Christians closer to God, which is amazing. But I'm forgetting about the people that don't get it. Don't feel love. Don't feel the door. Don't feel grace. Right. I'm not trying to sound bible but like, I, we've talked about this. When yeah. we have a nightmare that Kyle like leaves me and he doesn't care. And I picture being single again. And it's like the nightmare. Yeah. Like that hole in your heart when you're looking and searching and feel alone, isolated. And like some of my friends, even that I'm being honest right now that have gotten divorced and did start maybe making different choices. Yeah. I'm feeling awful right now, but maybe sometimes I pull away because I'm like, Ooh, those choices. I don't want to be centered with those choices. And we did have some major drama a few years ago with some affairs. And so it's, it has made me like, I had this one friend that I'm just talking. We're not going to say names, but my husband felt like she was flirtatious and I was like, I'll like, okay, it's not a big deal. And my other sister Like, don't flatter yourself. Yeah. Like, oh, like okay, yeah, no. okay. And I know. really dressed him. <laughs> but I just kept her around because I felt like she had a void and I wanted to fill that void. Right. And, like, I'm very attracted to people that, like, I can help. You know, like... She I, likes to save everybody. <laughs> no, God, no. Not I've gotten... No, she... Hers is obsession with you, not like no, I want to save her. it's not a help. And no. I've gotten where I've actually been less like that. I have been like, because I got burned in this scenario. So Kyle would say, and I'm like, she's just insecure. Once she feels secure, I think those insecurities will go away. And if I can help her, then we can feel secure. Right. And my other sister-in-law, I remember she looked at me like, that girl, if your husband's saying that, why is she in your life? And like in my inner circle, which isn't, I don't feel like I'm that open with inner, inner circle. There's There's a lot lot of of layers to the circle. There's a lot of layers. Sure enough. Like an onion. Her sister ended up, sleeping with my best friend's husband at my party. I had a party during that night. This happened. My best, obviously there's the best friends for life. This is one of my best friends. And I was sick. First of all, I had to be the one to, to help unfold the truth because we just knew something was weird and we had cameras and things got really weird. Second of all, I really felt like I knew there was a red flag and I didn't cut it. So that's like, even still I'm having this issue of like, the red flags, like sometimes there's a burn that happens when you keep giving to those people, kind of like your boyfriend that you're trying to save. Yeah. It's like, you can't save him. Uh, to those listeners, you can't save him. Yeah. Like if I could do anything. But then actually, at the end of the day, most of my boyfriends are all Christian now. Not that I did it, but I do think I planted a seed. And whether we were right or wrong, I do think the love and like bringing them to church and showing them, I do think it affected them. I think it was part of my journey, but mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. That's like a hard issue. But anyways, now lately I feel like I don't, I don't, I don't save as much and I don't like hang around, even if they're not making the right choices. I'm a little, I'm totally judgmental and I, I don't love that. And I, well, I feel like when you're going through a hard time, you're very like empathetic towards other people going through a hard time because you are experiencing that. And like the people that are maybe making not the best choices we can't like empathize with that void because we're not really experiencing that void right now where it's just different when you're in a happy marriage and you're, it's not that we have perfect marriages at all, but we're in happy marriages. Very, like very loved and adored. Very loved. Like I'm not having any void from my husband. So I, it's just hard for me to identify with someone who might be feeling that 
or someone who might be single. So I just, I can't like put myself in that position. So it's easy to judge the way they're dealing with it. So yeah. I don't know. It's hard because I think we just need to really remember where we were at. And I think just not ever judging someone. Like you said, when you were the about study. the knee or the knee. Yeah. Like, yeah. Even if I think of something happening to Ben, him dying in a car accident tomorrow, I'm like, I could be back in that void in two seconds mm -hmm. and be feeling, and I probably will be drinking. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Like yeah. I would be in a really dark place or like if something happens to your kid, like, you know, there's just so many things you can be in that just cause right now I'm not making those choices. Like in two seconds I could be back in that. So yeah. I think there's a difference in yeah. loving and supporting someone from a healthy distance and having them be a part of your inner circle. And I think that's where, um, like I don't have anyone really, really close to me that I feel like would sleep with my husband. Cause I think that's just not a smart choice totally. or like if somebody is a good friend, but they keep doing things to me that are maybe unhealthy mm. or doing, I, I mean, I can still love them and be kind and be caring and be understanding of their situation, but I don't need to have them in my inner circle. It doesn't mean you need to have it for every single category in life, but I think that things like important, like your marriage or your kids, you need to maybe have in the inner, inner circle, just people you can really trust. You know? Yeah, that's been a big thing that I've learned in counseling. That's probably the, one of the biggest reasons I've had to go to counseling. Not had, but what's been very beneficial for me is growing up a Christian, I've always learned turn the other cheek, turn the other cheek, turn the other cheek. Love, 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 love. Right. Jesus loved this, the, the prostitute. Jesus loved the, the tax collector. So I almost took it too literally where I would let everyone do whatever to me and I would just swallow it and swallow it and swallow it because I was trying to be like Jesus and just trust. But then instead of swallowing it, what I did is it, it burrowed like a bunny in a burrow Yeah. and it burrowed in there. And then I would eat because I wasn't taking control of my life. So I would get hit, get hit, get hit. And then I would sit and eat at night because that was the way I was like controlling the scenario. Like if I can't control how everyone's treating me, I can control. It's like, Honestly, horribly, it's like a cutter or anything like that. It's a cope. Yeah. And so instead of coping by, and this is that whole scenario with anxiety and why I think it's so important because I went down that path and they, they put me on those pills. Because I went down this path. I had a hysterectomy. I got pellets. They put too much testosterone in. Then I had an anxiety feeling. They gave me anxiety medicine. When it was really just like hormonal. Yes. And then you know my thyroid. Like the heart racing. My thyroid was overactive yeah. and under. So my thyroid and the testosterone were causing the anxiety. Remember when you were taking me to the hospital? They were causing like panic attacks. Yeah. Like simulating that. Yeah. As well as things in my life that I wasn't coping with. So there was two sides of it. There was a medical side and there was another side. Well, when I took those pills, Tisha knows, it completely changed. I was leaving Kyle, like numb. I was telling Kendra yesterday, cause she's in real estate. And I was like, it was kind of great though. I'd be like, your house fell through, sucks. So <laughs> I guess hopefully we'll sell it. I didn't care. It was so nice, but like I wasn't a good you. agent yeah. because I didn't care. And I normally really care. So, but like, it made you like, you don't feel, you don't orgasm either, which is something no one's talking about because it shuts off something in your brain. So I was leaving Kyle, Tisha and Jen had an intervene. It was like a whole thing. I was like a whack job. She got me to go to counseling. I'm like, I don't think that there's like, I didn't want to be rude, but I was like thinking like, I don't think you're fighting better than Kyle. Like I wanted to like say well, that that's what you really want. in the nicest yeah. way possible. I was like, 
Kyle's a great guy. Yeah, he might have some flaws because I'm trying to like show her that I'm understanding what she's saying, but in my head I'm thinking, there's not better than Kyle. You're going to be so screwed, you know? <laughs> well, and she was super yeah. helpful with Kyle knowing how to deal with me at the time. Yeah. And not fight with me, but really like show up because I was at... I was going through things with my dad. I was going through all the things. And um, so we went to counseling and Chris, our counselor, first thing he said to me was, and this is like so important. I, I told someone this yesterday. He said, did a psychologist, right? Psychologist prescribe that or a, pre a doctor? Psycho psychologist is a doctor. No, no, no. The one that's supposed to prescribe. Oh, that's a psychiatrist. Psychiatrist. Yeah. And that's what it used to be. Only a psychiatrist used to prescribe those kind of medications because they know the brain and the wiring of your brain. They would even do testing but on your brain. But now it can be like anybody. Now it's anyone. And he said, Crystal, without a psychiatrist checking your brain first and prescribing what's going to fit your brain and seeing what happens to your brain, you should not be taking anything. Yeah. And this is, again, a licensed professional. So I stopped taking it. And if I didn't, I think I would be divorced alone and really whacked. It's crazy what that does to your mind. Not saying you shouldn't take them if you need them, but I do think you need to have the right professional, A, prescribing them, and B, right. monitoring what's happening. How did I get here? What I was know. I talking about? I'm talking about church and eternity. Empathizing. And the God. Oh, the thyroid. So sure enough, it was a oh, thyroid issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it wasn't even that. And then medically, we fixed the real issue. Then we fixed the emotional issue. And then I went to counseling and Chris said, I need to go work on me as well as we need to work on us. I had, he's like, you're in emergency mode. You need to fix. And I was having like an eating issue at the time. Mm -hmm. And I was like binging and, and on, I'm just honest. And, and I was throwing up and it was something that I did as a kid. Um, when, I mean, this is all out there. When things would happen in my family that I felt like out of control, then I would go in the bathroom and I felt like I had control. And it, it was a coping mechanism. And honestly, this is what I worry about with kids is like, I didn't even know that was a thing, but they kept showing these videos at school about like gymnasts with bulimia. And I was like, oh, you can do that to get skinny. Yeah. And here I am, the big kid. And I was like, okay, well, I can eat what I want and then just throw it up like yeah. I was a kid. Right. And so I didn't do that for years. And then when everything was happening with my dad and I, with real estate and all these things that I was doing nothing about, that was when I brought back that mechanism. Like, okay, well, then I'll just eat and throw up because then it's like, it's that same, like, you know, cope, which is an unhealthy cope. So my counselor helped me learn that I need... And this is why, this is what I was getting at. This is why anxiety medication is so dangerous because unless I fix what was causing the anxiety and what was causing these things, I could be on pills all day. You're going to keep opening your dose. It's not going to change. I believe sometimes anxiety is God telling you to make a change. There's something off, just like mom guilt. Don always said that. Like depression is your body's telling way of you. telling you that something's not yes. going right and you need to change it. And by masking it, I wasn't dealing with the fact that I needed to start speaking up and I needed to start having a healthy distance and loving people from a distance and saying, you can't treat me this way, regardless of your pain, regardless of what you're going through. I still deserve respect and love. And that was like a big thing I'm still working on. Like even speaking up in my marriage, what we talked about, like mm -hmm. I was being subordinate in an unhealthy way and not like speaking up. Now I think he's like, okay, like we've heard you. You speak yeah, up about I everything. Yeah, now I feel like there's a lot of speaking up. <laughs> there's no shortage. It's like, yeah. 
But that's what's scary about some of those things. And like loving, turning the other cheek. That's like a, because I've been a Christian so long, I think, and we talked about this last night, Rebecca gave me a book about like Jesus had a backbone. Jesus didn't let people treat him however. That's not being a strong leader. Yeah. And I think that's a hard, fine line. So going back though, these are interesting things if we can talk about it. So how we shared our faith, something I want to do better was sharing it, not just to religious people, but non-religious people. Um, the other thing, every word you've ever spoken, I was like, crap. Like that one was really, that one was really convicting to me because sometimes we can't control our thoughts. Like someone will annoy you and I'll be like, that was annoying. Yeah. But I can control if I'm going to go call you and tell you about it. (laughs) Totally. And that's like probably your, probably my person that I do that with the most. So maybe an accountability there. But like, I do think when we talk about things, you make them come to life. And when you like don't, it helps it kind of go away. Like you ever been bugged by somebody and then you talk about it and then you're so bugged. Yeah. Everything's bugging. Yeah. But if like you don't talk about it, you're Mm -hmm. like, ah, like even Kyle. Well, I think it's like having a spirit of self-control. Yes. Cause like, that's like something we should have in like God talks about that. It Mm -hmm. is. And it's like, we exactly, we can't always control our thoughts, especially cause we're human and there's going to be impure thoughts. There's going to be like impure motives, but we can control our actions and having the self-control to like not say those things, I think is rewarded. Yeah. That's a big thing. That was a big one. I think that's important. Like if I could, like if there's a few things I could really instill in my kids, it's like self-control, not having instant gratification. What's that called? Um, delayed delayed gratification. Yeah. The marshmallow. Have you seen the candy with the kids? Yeah. Yeah. But the delayed gratification, I think that if you have the discipline to to like implement because I feel like that's our, a huge one. Our society now is so like instant gratification, instant like happiness. It's like there's no waiting, and like I feel like there's the so much in growth in waiting and putting that off, and just having self the self control to not give yourself everything you want in the moment. Yeah, there's so much power in that, and you'll be so much better off in life. Those are like two things I really want to. Instill what are they again? Same again. Cause I'm into this. Delayed, this is so good. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. Delayed gratification. It's not like, you know, giving what you want when you want it. So a story real quick. So they talk about that a lot in church growing up and, um, delayed you know, gratification. Yeah, uh-huh. And so my Christmas presents, you know, when my mom would put them under the tree, they talk about just like that study they do where the kid videos, have you seen that? They video a kid, a two-year-old. Like, wait, don't touch it. Don't yes. touch it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the kids, they did the study. Yeah, 30 Kylie years, Jenner did that. I saw her do that. To her 30 daughter. years later, they studied the kids that waited and the kids that ate. And the kids that waited were super successful. Yeah. Because they knew to wait. They, and it was like intrinsic almost. Those kids knew. Yeah. Like Hudson's very like that. She's a saver. She's like mm-hmm. toy. And so me, they asked when you were a kid, did you like try to find your Christmas presents? Or did you like to yeah. wait and open it because you knew it was more fun? Right. But me, I searched the house for the Christmas presents. Yeah. My dad would wrap them. I would use a knife and unwrap the tape and I would fully open the present, look at it and retape it. Yeah. And he never knew. So delayed gratification, even with weight loss, that's one of my struggles Mm -hmm. is like, I'm doing the things. Where's the thing? Where's the reward? Right. Like why, why isn't this happening? But in that study, they would put a candy in front of a kid and walk away and say in three minutes, you can have two if you don't eat it. Yeah. But I'm the kid that ate the whole thing and would hope maybe they'll still give me two, (laughs) you know, I might, might win too, you know, and that's a big thing. Mm -hmm. I've gotten better financially a little bit. Like when we paid off our debt, that was so boring. I I can't even explain how boring that was. Every time I'd sell a house, we put it towards debt. I'm like, well then why even do anything? Yeah. But 
the long-term effects of that, but weight loss is my battle. It's like, I'm doing good right now. The scale's not moving as fast for the things I'm doing, but I'm like, I feel so much better. Why would I go the other way? I'm not gaining for, you know? Right. And I feel like I can make a decent choice in, in scenarios. Maybe they're not perfect, but I think where, where you're really good, where I'm really weak is you always just stick to whatever plan it is. If the plan, remember the lean cuisine plan? Yeah. We did a lean cuisine. We didn't cause I tried it for a day, but <laughs> she did this lean cuisine plan when we, after we, she had Kennedy. Cause I was like, yeah, think it about like it. If it's ago. like a three hundred dollar, you know, yeah. now I'm all that's loaded with preservatives and killing but it's me. Still, but, but the bottom line is it was like calories sticking in, yeah. to something, whatever it is. Right works and and people always say the best diet is the diet you stick to right that's the biggest battle for me but I, where i think i'm doing decent right now is i'm very good in a category i like to focus on and i'm a half full person like half cup half full person i like to focus on what i can have right when i'm measuring and weighing there's so many options my yeah. brain doesn't do well with having i was gro grown up kind of very like strict so like i've never been able to have whatever i want yeah. So like the idea of having whatever I want was like, it's too much. It's yeah. abundant. Like I can have a, a Cheeto and a like, yeah. that's why macros was very hard for me because you could actually have whatever, as long as it fit. Well, to me, that's like, yes, two donuts and egg whites. Then yeah. it's the best day I've ever had. Whereas right now it's like, I'm really trying to just stay away from the carbs, Yeah. but there's so much I can have. I can have ranch. So I can focus on like having ranch rather than not having a brownie. Yeah. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. But for you, you're more like, this is the rule. We're going to just stick to it and it's going to work. And you like believe that you can lose weight. Whereas yeah. I don't, that's like a mind thing for me because I've identified as the bigger kid for so much of my life. Mm -hmm. It's more the identity of it. It goes back to changing the narrative. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I've always viewed myself as skinny. Even when I wasn't skinny, I still thought I was. It's kind of weird when I look, I'm like, I was not small, but in my head, I always thought I'm just a skinny person that's a little bigger right now and I got to get back. And I've and like, always been the bigger, I, I've always identified as the bigger, even when, when you were skinny. Yes. And yes. even when I was a kid, I wasn't that big No, and they called me the fat kid and it's always, and, yeah. and having like, I love my mom. I love my mom. If she's listening, she's amazing, but she was very health conscious. So we had like zone bars and like slim fast yeah. back in the eighties. Yeah. And she was always at the gym. So there was never brownies at the house. And so I grew up where like, I already felt like I was on a diet. You know, we did the thing yeah. where I envisioned the stomach yeah. and I got the stomach and then I always was on a diet. So I've always identified as like, that's where a yeah, diet. You've always been on a diet. I my whole like. life. Even college at Atkins. I yes. remember. Yeah. But sometimes now with it, like when I went to the nutrition, so the, when I went to counseling, this is all very open. Then I had to go to a nutrition weight counselor before I could go to the personal counselor because the weight issue is so different. And what she tried to do was have me not be on a diet. And that was so hard for me that to the point where I did it, but then I felt so out of control. I don't like not having a little boundary Yeah. because I am so emotional. Everything I eat, I have a feeling. Even if I'm... Well, that's because eating for you is emotional. Yes. It's not like... And I was always not allowed. I was always shamed. Like, yeah. you're eating that whole burger. So anytime now I have a burger, I'm like, I'm eating... It's like in my head, I'm eating the whole burger. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I don't know those cues of stopping when you're full or... Yeah. Like, it's like I'm always in trouble. But if I stay in a category, I get the, I'm allowed. I'm yeah. allowed. It's weird. But I never have identified as skinny. Like I've always been the bigger funny girl. 
And yeah. I like stay in that I role. I always am the skinny girl. But even when I wasn't skinny, I was like, I'm the skinny girl that's just a little big right now and I just got to get back. But I always thought I was skinny in my head. Like I remember when I lived in LA, one time um, I had gained some weight and me and my roommate went to this like, um, and I still thought I was skinny, but I wasn't. And me and my roommate went to this club and the guy was like, he was being a jerk to her and I was like, that guy's a jerk and I was telling him off and he's all, tell your fat ass roommate. And he was talking about me and it was the first, and I was all, who's he talking about? Yeah, and it was the first time in my life anyone called me fat and I was like, oh my God, I'm fat? And then it was like a very dark time for me because I was oh, like, we went to visit her in LA and we were in the limo and she's doing the like, what's I that had my girl stomach from and the, I was like shaking it. Honey it's boo-boo, the gif, honey yeah. The, yeah. She's doing that. We're in the limo and, and she wasn't even that big. Like she really, she was bigger for her, right. but still probably smaller than all of us. Yeah. But and I was shaking my stomach because the guy LA. called me fat she's in and LA. I was devastated. And in I'm the in heart LA. of like Everyone's Studio City, like Hollywood. Skinny. Yeah. But she was like depressed. We're like, what are you doing? And then that, you know, yeah. was an, that was the first time she had a battle through yeah. that. Yeah, because I and then my roommates were bulimic, so they were like, oh yeah, because I was like, how are you guys so skinny? We're all going to CPK, California Pizza Kitchen, eating a whole pizza, and I'm like going home like shit, you know. And they're all, yeah, what are we doing for dinner? And I'm thinking, how can you eat? And then I found out they were throwing up, so I was like, oh, that's cool. So then I tried that, and yeah, that wasn't that was not a good choice. No, but, but again, it, but again, but it, but again, I always have just felt skinny. And then I feel like I always do find my way back to that. Yes. Cause you identify as it. Yes. The identification. It's weird how you like, yeah. how your inner thoughts determine like who you are. You see yourself. It's And those thoughts are pro pushed onto you. Like, By because I, oh, and outsiders, like yeah. everybody said, I was like butter, yeah, the most the guy, thing in the world. The guy that said your fat ass roommate. Yes. And the guy that said, don't sit on me. You know, to me, yeah. It like I always kind of identified it. The times that I have lost weight and changed the identity, I, I think a lot of times I was focusing on other things. Like when I, the story I told last week when I joined cross country and track, and I lost weight. I for once wasn't focusing on food because I was working out so much. I remember that was the first time I ever ate what I wanted. And I was a kid. I was in seventh grade. And I remember because I was working out, I was a lot hungrier. And that was new. So I had to eat because it was like I was running. So I would eat like a bagel at lunch, which was a big deal because I was skipping lunch in seventh grade. Skipping lunch. It's crazy. It's so stupid. So I would have a bagel at lunch. And I remember for the first time I was like, I didn't care that I had a bagel. And I'd have a burger every night and I'd have my favorite ice cream from Walgreens. It was M&M ice cream and ate that every day. But I do think there's something to consistency. I ate that every day and I didn't feel guilty because I was so tired from running that I was like, I don't really care. Like, and I didn't care about, yeah, Yeah. and I didn't care about weight for the first time in my life. I think that's key for you. Like, not like we're like, I'm We're having an intervention. Yeah, I'm having an intervention. No, but but we are. I'm fine with it. You do really well. You're just like a very focused person. So I feel like for you, when you're focusing on food and what you're eating, it's like consistent. Mm-hmm. And then you, it's like, it's an over. So I think for you, maybe like getting some other goals that yeah. you can focus on that will tie in with that. But like how you have been doing your walking or your yeah. running, like having that goal of just running every day, yes. I feel like is better than having a goal of not eating a brownie every day. Yeah. And I'm enjoying the category thing yeah. right now. I think that's I feel perfect. like food's not talking to me. I'm not like, it's not emotional. Yes. Yeah. I'm like, what should I have for lunch? It's like, eh, shit shit or shit. Like yeah. it's not really that exciting. Yeah. So I do think that's helping me right now, yeah. but I'm not seeing the scale move as fast, but 
I was talking to a friend yesterday and they said sometimes you have to, like, your body doesn't know what you're doing, especially because I yo yo so much. Yeah, that happened. I think it's to like, me. I yeah. just have to stick to it. Mm-hmm. It did happen to you. Yeah, and I was like crying to Jeff at the gym and he was I remember. like, <laughs> Julia's so funny. She's like, oh, Jeff's streak of not making someone cry. It's all two days. It's all cross out, zero. <laughs> yeah, because I was all, I was like working out five days a week. I was doing it. I was eating good. And then it went up and I'm like, what the? But I think my body was in shock and retaining water and I was swollen from working out. So I think that when you do yo-yo, your body is kind of like, and the scale can vary by like six pounds based on like water and your hormones that day. Like it's so not, it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. So now I'm going to try to just stay because I'm not, I don't feel like a loser. Yeah. And I don't feel like, you know, like we even went to dinner and I had like salad but I had ranch. And so I was fine. I felt satisfied, but I think I just got to keep going. And I think naturally it'll just, I just don't want it. I don't want it to be a thing. I hate that it's a thing. Um, but yeah, so delayed gratification, you were saying your other three things. No, it was just two and the self-control, just knowing how to, Ben is really good about self-control. Like he can be so not as much with the kids, but like with us, like he doesn't really ever say hurtful things. And I grew up in a family. I feel like there was no self-control. Like my mom and her husband are punching each other. I feel like I saw you just act on whatever your emotion is. Like I remember one time her husband was at the, um, Oh, I wanted to say like T-I-T-T-Y bar, titty bar, but I'm, I think our listeners can spell. Playing this at preschool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, but um Dana, our the, the topless bar, like yeah, you, you know, can say titty. Titty it's bar fine. is weird. We've said labia, like yeah. titty's fine. So it was like, and so she <laughs> like loads her 10-year-old daughter in the car, and we're she's like, I know he's there. So she drives me there, and sure enough, his car was there. So she like she she ripped off his um his sticker, registration sticker, and called the police. Waited till he left, because she's like, I knew he had beers there. So then she called the police and said he, she saw a, his Drunk car driver. driving, swerving, and she had removed his like registration sticker so he'd get pulled over. And so, I don't know, I feel like I just grew up seeing, like, you just do whatever you're feeling. There was no like self-control, there was no, like, um, the right thing. So I feel like sometimes, I do the right thing, but I definitely lack on the self-control at times with my mouth. And like Ben can be so mad at me and he doesn't really say anything hurtful ever. Whereas like Kyle, he can't believe the things. Oh, the things that come out of my mouth. I'm all, and you're just the most, yeah, I just say like, Ben doesn't like that. No, he doesn't. I say like the the most hurtful things and they're not even true. No, it's It's so rude. And he would never say that stuff to me. And so I really hope my kids get his, Another thing though, I think that's also, I mean, the pressure of parenting is already so big, but it's also what was modeled. And so it's so important at home that the kids don't see you react because my mom has a mouth. Yeah. And so, and my dad was very forgiving. Yeah. So I kind of have that too, but Kyle is very not into that. He just can't believe it. And I don't want, um, I don't want my kids to fight with their husband that way. They do have to learn a healthy way to like work through things. Yeah, you, know? you have to have self-control. And I, and you I can't have that do and out. say in life whatever you feel like. But like nowadays in life, I feel like you can. It's weird. It's like, no. It's not like every feeling or thought that goes in your head, you have you can just say. It's like it, there's consequences, you know? Yeah. Okay. I, I'm almost done with the list. So interesting. And takes a load off in heaven was your motives. 
And I think sometimes we like do, we get maybe the wrong result, but our motives were pure. And I think sometimes that's like so important to focus on. And like you were talking last night about being worried about judgment day because you were a stripper and, um, no, I'm joking. I wasn't a stripper. But like you were talking about it, let's be honest about judgment day in heaven. And I think that this is like, kind of like a, (sighs) okay. You judge more on your motives than the outcome. Because mm-hmm. sometimes your motives can be so pure, but the outcome goes so bad. Yeah. And and sometimes your motives are not pure. And you're like, screw them. I'm going to do this. Yeah. I think it's so important, and with our kids and relationships, that we focus on motives rather than... I think in marriage, too, a lot. Like, Kyle's motives are usually always pure, but sometimes it's not working. Yeah. Like, it's like, really, you walk in the dorm and tell me five things I did wrong? But he wasn't trying to be rude. He just... His brain is so to-do list. Yeah. He's like... Did you go to the, and it, that's like the most irritating thing to me. Yeah. Like, how was your day? I Good job on this. I hate that. Yeah. It's like one of my biggest, like it puts me in an instant bad mood. Yeah. But I like words of affirmation. So to come at me rather than tell me how good I did for the day, doesn't, but it, it yeah. just isn't a bad start. But his motives are always pure. Even when he's working all the time in, in the office and I'm like, hello, there's a whole family going on and you're just kind of like focused on work while I do yeah. everything else. But his motives are so pure. He's just trying to provide and be a good worker. But sometimes it's annoying. Yeah, if we went around and judged everyone on their, their motives, motives, it'd be a lot different. Same with our kids. Right. They're not trying to make a bad choice. They're trying to either fit in yeah. or be funny or, you know, mm-hmm. th- their motives are usually pure. Sometimes they're not. Like with my kids with each other, they're fully not pure. They're like Hudson... <laughs> Right, what to do to work up Maddie. Yeah. Like, and I'm like, that's annoying because I know you're trying to be a jerk right now. Yeah. But I think motives, that was like a, a breath for me. Like, okay, God knows most of the time my heart was pure. Most. But there is 10% where yeah. I'm still a jerk. Well, and I love that reminder, like, to recognize how they intended it and their intentions and not get worked up because you're internalizing it your way. Like, totally. If we do that in every relationship in our it'd life, be it'd be like so groundbreaking. I, even in bad sense, I don't think people were headed out to cheat. I don't think they were like, you know, doing that. I think they were making small, bad choices. You're thinking of Tom Sandoval again, aren't you? I'm just no, kidding. The Sandoval. He wasn't though. He was trying to help himself. I'm not saying it's okay. Yeah. I'm just but saying we're human. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it leads you. But then on the flip side, it's also important. Craig Rochelle's book was so key on the small choices you make every day will affect your long-term result, that delayed gratification. Mm, and he said- control like, yeah, yeah, he said um, farmers farm in one season and the crop is in the next season. They don't get the reward for a whole nother season right. to see. So whatever we're doing in this season, just like me staying in the category of food, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna see that result until six months right? because it's a season. And our kids, like, I was talking to a friend of ours last night who has little kids. And she's, she just quit her job to be with her kids more. And she's going to do her own business. She's like, this is really hard. I'm like, it's really hard to stay home. Because the, I think the hardest part of being a stay-at-home mom is you don't see any reap from your reward. You see your kids say screw you to you and throw tantrums. Oh, you and you're like, all I'm giving is for you. And there's no result. You don't see it for like a long time. Like till they're old. Yeah. You know. But what I told her now, because I'm going on two major field trips when we get home from Florida. That if we're honest, I'm not looking forward to. It's not like... I want to go on these field trips, but I do believe that it's an investment in my kids. One is to Williams for the day with all the choir kids. It's to drive and it's do like three things in Williams. That park, this t- like a tour of a museum. It just sounds like I want to pull my toes out. I do not want to go. 
right after we get back from Florida. But the investment in Hudson for me to go in the memory is worth more than the sacrifice of doing it. Then they asked me to go on the student council field trip on Thursday. It's an all day. It's nine to nine. I want to Where do nothing. At? Oh, they go to Great Wolf Lodge. Then oh, they go fun. to the Medieval Times. It's just long. Yeah, like, that is you know, long. without like a buddy, you know, like with kids. So I don't want to do those things. But what I told her is you start to see the reward a little bit as your kids get older. Like they're pretty good kids. Granted, right. am I hard on them? Granted, could they do a lot of things differently? But for the most part, they're pretty good kids. Yeah. And I do start to see that it matters that I, I feel show like up. You start seeing it. Yeah. In the team and it or gets just like more fulfilling because yeah. you're like, it's mattering. It's right. doing something. Mm-hmm. But I do think that it's still hard. But what I was going to say about the motives, my parents have a ridiculous marriage. And what I love about their marriage is no matter how crazy my mom will be, my dad knows her heart. Even if she's like, you know what? Shut up, Bob. He's just like, eh. Ben's very good about that with you. Yeah. When you're acting crazy, he's not mad. Like Kyle's mad. Like yeah. if I act crazy, I'm in big trouble. I have to apologize. We have to do a whole thing. But Ben's, Ben's like, uh-huh. Okay, geez. Yeah, he just makes me you laugh You call a him lot. not a man because he wouldn't go get the chairs when you wanted what Remember, chairs at the beach i guess i'll get up and go get the I chairs i didn't say he wasn't a man you said something i said i'm the man i guess or something well, same <laughs> but like he's all okay and like did something yeah, like he just like made me laugh yeah and it was like so good that he didn't take it personal because he knew she was just grouchy well but like let's be honest like we're at the beach it's like a long walk to go get the chairs why am i getting the chairs i'm not the man I like, carried my chairs down. Let's just be I'm real. not carrying my chair. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's heavy. Well, know? Kyle met me there, so I had to. Yeah, yeah. But, I like, mean, it's if funny. If I had to, I could. But if my husband's right there, I'm not going to go get the chair. Yeah. Like. Yeah. But I think it's really good about the motive that, um, that like, in a good my marriage. My intention was to not be rude to him. It was just that yeah, I didn't want to get Yeah, and I do chair. think in a marriage, I think I see that in good marriages. Yeah. You're like, they're acting... Oh, does anyone watch Love is Blind? It's such a good show. No. It's such a good show. So there's this guy in there that everybody was kind of rude to and made fun of because he was very smart and he's a lawyer and he's a little like, there's a little dork to him. And it's so funny when you're into relationships. So he chose this one girl. She was like the meanest girl that's ever been on the show. So mean, so awful. And like seeing him, how he didn't flourish with her, like you're like, oh, it, it didn't make him look good. You're annoyed by him a little because she's annoyed. She's saying the mean, awful things. You almost see him that way. Again, self-fulfilling prophecy, right? The way she's presenting him is what you're seeing. Then he goes back to the girl he should have chosen. She's like the purest, nicest girl. Like, I goosebumps over love is blind. Oh, God. But um, she flourishes under her. Like, at the reunion, you're like, he's the best guy on the stand. Like, it's crazy how, like, someone loving you the right way. Mm -hmm. She was like, to the other girl, she's like, how dare you treat his pure heart that way. He is the purest, goodest man on the planet. And you talking, I love how she dealt with her. Instead of like being like, oh, I could have jumped on with the world and made fun of these things. Right. She was like, he has the purest heart out there. How dare you come for him? And you're like, he does have the purest heart. He's the winner. I want that guy. <laughs> you know, and it's like you totally saw him differently because he was being loved by the right person yeah. that took his quirks and made it like a blessing. Yeah. It's like crazy how much love with our kids, with our friends, with like even you loving me. Like I act like a fool. So the other day I see like the biggest tantrum and only Tisha sees like the Romy. And I think Kristen, like Kristen sees the not like holiest side. Yeah. And um, I am so worried about people judging me because I'm Christian that I don't really show a lot of that side. Um, but Tisha sees all of it and she still loves me. 
That's why I love her. <laughs> and so Kendall, my, uh, one of my other best friends, I threw the biggest tantrum the other night like a psycho. And I only usually show Tisha and Kyle that side. So then I was like, last night she didn't come to shine at my house. I'm like, great. She's probably like, freak. <laughs> you know, like, psycho, you're really a bitch, you know? No, she um, said And I shouldn't say that word. But it's hard to, but she still loves me. And yeah. I do think that makes a big difference on people. I know we're getting long, but let's just talk about the last thing. Um, that was interesting to me as well. And this is something Kyle and I fight about a lot, but it's how we use our resources. And I'm not, that's like so important too, because I do think, I think I'm decent at this and I think I could be better, but I think the things that God gives us sometimes like, so we had shine shines like a women's group. We have once a month at my house and this week we've been very blessed and busy at work. Blessed and busy is like a good way to say it. Yeah. It's been very busy, but very, a lot of work and we're very grateful. But Last night I called to Kyle and I'm like, shine tonight. And he hates, like, he doesn't love having everything in our house that we have. Um, but I believe that God has given us this house to use it for his will. So I say yes, even though it's not fun. But sometimes I think he thinks I, like, really love it. So he's like, you don't want shine? I'm like, no, it's a pain in the butt. I got to fake clean my house. I have to get these chairs. I have to yeah. be on. No, I don't love shine. He's like, well, are we almost done then? And I'm like, no. <laughs> he's like, well, you don't like it. I go, well, Kyle, I don't like half the things I do in a day. Yeah. I don't like anything. I don't want to go on these field trips. I don't want to have shine at my house. But, like, I feel called to do that. So there's a difference in, like, doing something because you want to or doing it because you should. And like should is a dangerous word I've learned also in counseling that you shouldn't only do things because you should, but there's a should from the world and there's a should from God and they're very different. And like if he did give us this house, then I do need to use it for his glory. But is it fun to open your house? No. Is it fun to like sometimes pay for dinners or do those things? Right. No. But if he gives you those resources, we have to entrust our resources that we can use them for his glory and they'll still be abundant. Yeah. Right? Like his worry is someone's going to break something. Okay. God will provide. We can pay to fix it or this or that. I just thought that was something like so important. What he gives us, even your resources with like this calling for the podcast. Like I do think we're funny and I do think we, yeah, like I do, spiritual gifts. Like I do those think are... we're good together. And I did feel this calling to do this podcast because I feel like it is a gift of ours. It is a resource that we now know and have Dana yeah, and like we need to use it, you know, for his will, his glory and to help people. And I think that was like a really cool one. I was like, he's right. It just was like convicting and also like, okay, doing the right thing. So anyways, the last thing with that is he said, live with the end in mind. And I did this years ago with my kids, which I, I do think helped made decisions backwards. And I do think about it like with our debt, like, okay, we don't have big retirement, but I don't want to work forever and I don't want to be dependent on my kids. So I want to make sure I put these things in place so that I'm not, but like, who do I want my kids to be? Not what decisions are we making right now? Even with grades, we talk about all the time, right? Grades don't matter, but their character does. And learning to get to do all your work or, or learning to participate in school, like those qualities matter, not the grade, but like how hard you're trying your effort. How? But sports right. is very hard with my boy, and you have a lot of boys. But sports is something that it's a battle for me constantly because it's like this thing. Everybody acts like their kid's going to make it. And let's be real. College is expensive. Yeah. So if there's an avenue for him to get a scholarship, oh, for sure. And, like, let's be real. Kyle thinks it's like he's going all the way. This is his project. Like, he's going to do farther than he went. I think every dad does that, yeah. right? Like, I. But most aren't. Like, yeah, people, no one's making it. Yeah. And I'm Kyle's like, fair about that. He just yeah. wants him to be involved. But I do think inside there's, like, he's a lefty. He always yeah, tells yeah. me, you know. But there's this thing of like, okay, how busy are we? I'm feeling a little guilt of that lately. Like, because we are running busy. Now, are these things really 
um, adding value to who we want them to become. Because the biggest thing for me of who I want them to become is I want them to become Christ following leaders that impact this world for his will. But does maybe doing every sport lead to that? Yeah, it gives them good choices and teaches them character. But for me, that's something I always want to end on. Like, is the choices we're making leading them to the real outcome? Not just getting the scholarship or having a good degree. Right. Who they are becoming and like the difference they're going to make on this world. I don't know. I think living with the end in mind helps take pressure off too on some of the little decisions that we're making. Like, it it doesn't matter what high school they go to. Yes. It doesn't matter if they start next year or this year. Yeah. And even when you're financially struggling, you worry if you're giving, you know, luckily we've been in a better position, but it looks on the outside a lot better than it is on the inside. Like Tisha knows all the time. I'm like, crap, I need to pay off my credit card. Like it's still tight all the time. But sometimes it's like, okay, if we don't do those things for them, is that going to negatively affect if they don't have Lulu shorts, it's not going to affect who they are or who they're becoming. Right. But when you're in it and like, crap, do we need to do this for them? Do we need to do privates? You know what I mean? But like inside, that's not the end in mind. The end in mind for me is stay married, raise Christ-centered kids, have them have good memories where we do travel, not that we have the big pool in the backyard, you know? And like at the end of my life, and even with your brother-in-law, his end is way shorter than the time that we thought we'd get promised. But did he do those things? And you talked about even him wanting to change jobs. So mm-hmm. important we know, are you living the life that you really could could die and feel good that you did? Yeah, and that's what I was going to add, is it living, like thinking, beginning with the end in mind can slow you down and make you let go of things that don't matter, but it can also do the opposite, like CJ's story last week, where it's like, if I'm thinking of the end and I'm seeing the path he's on right now to get yeah. there, I need to be motivated Pivot. to make a yeah. Yeah. Right. Pivot. Yeah. Yeah. I think it really helps, but I forget to do that sometimes. Even with real estate, there's so much push for us to be sell, sell, sales, numbers, numbers, numbers. Mm-hmm. But the, we, as a team, talk about this all the time. We don't want to be. That's not what we're striving for. We're striving to be present with our kids, our husband, and have a good living. A good living is not a million dollars. We no. don't need to make a million dollars. And I think in any business, especially as men, you don't need to make. You don't need to be the biggest CEO because a lot of times that CEO is single. They are now divorced because their end was confused. One of the biggest things I say all the time is people ruin their family providing for their family because they're so focused on providing for their family that it actually creates a huge divide. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, the things they really strive for are the things they can't no longer have. Having a kid go from house to house, they'd rather you live in an apartment with no money and it make your marriage the top priority. So, you know? summing, what can we take oh. from this week? Wow. I have to say that the dating thing was game-changing. If I could keep working on something, I feel like I've really done better with Kyle. I can't believe the change in the whole family dynamic by changing the way I talk to him. What do you want to work on? Um, I'm not always eternally focused. I feel like I'm just focused on the day-to-day. Because mm-hmm. you're just getting through. You're surviving. Yeah. I mean... You're busy. Yeah, but I'm fine. But I just... I, we know you're fine. If there's one phrase uh, I could take out of your vocabulary, it's that you're fine. No, but it's not like I'm struggling right now. I'm not. So I'm not like just surviving. Like, you know, there's times you're just surviving. Yeah. I'm not just surviving. I feel like I'm thriving. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but like, I'm fine. But I think... How many times do you want to say it? No. No one's worried you're not fine. <laughs> no, but I I think I just want to focus more on eternal. Yeah. And what the big picture is in life. And we know you're struggling and we're here for you. I'm not. It bugs you so bad. All right, guys. All right. Jerking around. Honey, what? We're in the middle. Hi. We're recording.
This is Dana. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like Julia, he said. That's Julia's sister. Yeah. Yeah, you did. Twice. Yeah. Yeah. Do you need me? Have my parents called you? No, why? They've called me three times. It's annoying. It's never anything. How's the podcast? Good. We're great. So, we're it's you're in it. You're on it right now. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Great job. Yeah. You're interrupting it. It's great. You want to come in. Do you want to be on? Really? Honey, yeah. haven't I been so nice to you though? I told our listeners that. I don't know what happened. Must be the pills. Must be the podcast. Must be the podcast. We set a goal. Yeah.